Welcome to episode six of the Inner Vehicle Podcast with Jeremy Bruce. Today's topic is on meditation techniques and the resolution of doubt in that process. The obstacle of doubt when we're dealing with different meditation techniques is something that goes from extremely small and minute types of doubt to large-scale doubt that can border on uh, like split-life goal decisions. If you look at different spiritual traditions that not only teach a meditation technique, but teach a way of life, and that way of life, the way of life in one tradition and the way of life in another tradition are potentially polar opposites or uncanny valley that they're close, but so close, but slightly different. And you're torn, you're feeling torn about which path is the right one. These can be very, very painful types of, of doubt experiences. But when we are first starting out with meditation, it often comes down to something as simple as, you know, we've learned a couple of meditation techniques. Uh, so in Buddhist meditation, for example, we might have learned a technique of counting our breaths and being mindful of our breathing during a sit at, say, our belly. So one type of teaching might talk about paying attention to your breath as it comes in and out in your belly. And let's say you read another meditation book from a different meditation teacher, which might have even come from a different country or something, one from Vietnam, one from Thailand. And the one from Vietnam says, follow the breath in your belly. And the one from Thailand says, follow the breath in your, uh, you know, at your upper lip. So which should you do? Well, oftentimes it's, it's the one that you encounter first that is uh, the one you, you end up sticking with or you think is the kind of right way. But they don't, they aren't, in this case, that different. Okay, one's in my belly, one's in my upper lip. And so you can see that it's kind of, you could be remain agnostic or, or open to the possibility that either of those is going to lead you to the goal. There might be a difference in technique from I'm going to be using a noting technique, which is maybe like a I'm going to note every emotion or thought or physical sensation. Or if you look in other traditions, there is, for example, a body scan technique taught in a certain tradition that's been fairly popular in North America, where you says you essentially should not make a note. You should not pay attention to thoughts or emotions because they are too fast or they are too hard to pay attention to. 
and it's very easy when you start getting into noting to just be doing more thinking. So maybe you should pay attention only to physical sensations because physical sensation in the moment cannot be changed. It is, it's easy to, easier to experience that for what it is, not get confused between say a thought and a note. Now, if you are in either of these traditions, you're probably gonna feel like your technique is the right technique. And that's where things start to get a little hairy. You might have experienced some Buddhist even like metta practice or a sort of prayer practice in the Tibetan world. You might have encountered Zen meditation where there are even two main styles. One is where you do shikantaza, which is called just sitting. So sitting, maybe starting with breaths, but essentially just sitting, just sit. Don't do any technique per se. Or in the Rinzai tradition, you would have koan practice where you're grappling with a riddle, like what is the sound of one hand clapping or what was your face before your parents were born? And so you're going to feel like, well, this technique versus this technique, even if you go into Zen, well, which do I prefer, the Rinzai technique or the Soto Zen technique? If you do Tibetan Buddhism, there's going to be breath meditation and noting practice, but then it's going to go into maybe guru deity yoga. So visualizing a deity and um, a mandala, which is the universe that the deity lives in, and how that is a reflection of your own uh, Buddha nature and your own environment that you live in. And there's going to be a range of techniques even outside of Buddhism that you might get exposed to. And if you're practicing Buddhism, you'd be told that you would have learned, you would have probably read or learned that well, the Buddha taught a meditation that actually leads to the end of suffering. Whereas, you know, Hindu meditation, all it does is bring you to higher states of um, bliss and whatnot, but doesn't actually provide full liberation. But of course, then you have these incredible Hindu teachers and, and enlightened beings who aren't Buddhists, who have found a way to do this. So now you start, okay, is it Buddhist path or Hindu path? Or within Buddhism, is it Zen or Tibetan or Vipassana or which, if I go into Zen, is it Vietnamese Zen with Thich Nhat Hanh? Is it Soto Zen with Suzuki Roshi? Is it Rinzai Zen with Tsung Sinin? And then it creates these divisions and sects and, um, you know, my technique is better than your technique, or I have the true way. Or, and we see it's very similar outside and outside of the Eastern religion world, you know, whether you're comparing Judaism and Christianity or in Islam. And there's not as much discussion there of meditation technique, but how my religion is better than your religion. This one is the true and only way to salvation. And you have to follow my way because my way is the only way. And all of this is ultimately a distraction from what real practice is. Because real practice is not about using a technique. If you're in the present moment, you're resting as 
in, in your natural state of mind, in the enlightened mind. Whatever you call it, big mind, rigpa, the self, that mind does not require striving to arrive at. It does not require technique to arrive at. It doesn't even require technique to remain in. You will drop out of it, but you might find that there's no technique that actually brings you back to it. It's the not doing of technique that is often what brings you back to it, if you lose touch with it. So for the beginning or even extremely advanced meditator, you're going to constantly run into this feeling that well, I have to do something to get back into that state. I must have to do something to get enlightened. I must have to do something. I must have to pick the right way. And I must do this instead of this. Or this has got to be better than this. Or this is cooler than this. Or whatever it is. Or faster than this. And when we sit down, if we've been exposed to a few of these techniques, and we sit down and actually try to practice or meditate, we might find that we're sitting there thinking about which one we should be doing. Okay, so, okay, I'm going to sit down now. Should I focus on my breath now, or should I do that thing that that's called open awareness? Hmm, which one should I do? Oh, okay, I'm going to do open awareness. Yeah, that, that works better. Okay, I'm going to do open awareness. Hmm, I don't know if this is working. I don't know if this is the right one. Maybe I should go back to my breath. Hmm, I don't know. Oh, but wait, I read something in a Zen book that said, I'm already enlightened, so I guess I don't need to do anything. I guess I should just sit here. And, oh, but my mind's wandering. Oh, what, well, now what do I do? I guess I'm going to come back to my breath. And what's interesting about this, this dialogue that you have with yourself about technique, is that the best technique that you should be using in these moments is to watch the fact, to watch the process of yourself trying to figure out what technique is the right technique. That's the only technique. Because the technique is just to be aware of what's happening. Awareness is the technique. And so let's say you saying, okay, well, if awareness is the technique and you're, you're starting your head, is like, okay, now I'm going to be paying attention. No. There's attention that's being paid to whatever. And if you use the technique of paying attention, watch how you even use that as a technique because there's something seeing and being aware of that. So you're like, okay, I guess I'll just pay attention. I guess I'll just pay attention. Well, no, that's not paying attention. Saying you're paying attention is not paying attention. But there is something where attention is being paid to even that thought that I'm paying attention. So you might get into a loop where you say, okay, I'm going to pay attention, but I'm not going to try to pay attention. Just watch that. Whatever it is that's arising, step back and watch that. It's funny, my kids actually have, I don't know where it came from, I guess I should Google it, but it's a thing that we actually use uh, to help our kids when they get frustrated. It's like, 
When you get frustrated, take a step back and ask for help. So whenever your mind, it, yeah, it has a little song with it too. Every time you get frustrated, whether you're building a Lego or you're trying to meditate, take a step back and ask for help. So just whatever it is your mind is doing, even if it's fighting over like trying to get a technique to work or trying to figure out which technique or which life path is right, don't frustrate yourself more by trying to figure out which path is right or which technique is right. Take a step back and watch the process of yourself trying to figure out what is right. And then that is what is right, is the taking a step back. So the, the only technique of no technique is to watch yourself use techniques and see that often this, this internal dialogue or internal debate about which technique to use comes from doubt. So you can say, oh, that's doubt. And there might be, because you, you're trying to figure out the right one, but there is no right one. It's just the moment. And so when you're watching that, you might say, oh, that's coming from doubt. That's the moment where you can note that where you can truly note that, then you are using the noting technique to note that. But as soon as you're like, okay, now the noting technique is the right technique because it helped me overcome doubt, now you get, you're attached to that technique now. So watch yourself get attached to that technique. Take a step back. And so whatever it is that's happening, even getting unattached and then watching yourself getting attached to the fact that you're not attached, take a step back from that and note that. Just whatever it is that's arising in the mind, make sure you can see it for what it is. Now, all of that being said, there are techniques that can help you better pay attention to what's happening. And they're all the ones that, you, that you've heard in this, in this podcast, and all the ones in all the world's religions. There's dozens hundreds, thousands, there's actually an infinite number of techniques of things you could do that can help you pay attention. There's things you can do with your mind, things you can remember, things you can do externally, clothes you can wear, mantras you can sing um, or say. All of the world, all of the world could be your technique. You could have a technique that says every time you meet another person, imagine that they are God. Or every time you hear a bell, stop and take three breaths. Like that could be a technique that you use. There's an infinite number of techniques you can use to help you pay attention to what's going on in your mind. And use you should feel that you can use all of them, that you should avail yourself of as many as possible and whatever sort of approach or technique helps you do the one and only non-technique, which is just to pay attention. There's only one technique. Pay attention to what's happening in the present moment. And there are infinite number of ways to help you do that one technique.